This is the Barology Podcast. Now County, Ohio is my home. With your hosts, Mike and Joey. Hello, Mike. Yo, Joey, good to be here again. How many uh, episodes have we done so far? Um, I think this is 37 or 38. Oh, wow. I think it's 37, I think. I think our growership has been, our growership, our, grow- our listenership <laughs> has been growing. <laughs> our growership. Is that a word? I think he might have, uh, I think he might have um, made that word up. Okay. Well, I might have. Um, yeah, so uh, we're going to just uh, throw a couple things out here, Mike, because we got a lot uh, to go over this podcast and uh, some fun stuff going on. Flying Horse Farms is coming up, Mike. Light Up Camp, Saturday. November 25th, which is, uh, I'm sorry, starting November 25th. That's Thursday. It starts at 6 p.m., goes to 10, uh, and that's a Thursday night. And that is going to be the uh, the Light Up the Camp night. It runs every Friday through Sunday from the 25th of November to December 26th. And we have uh, Bunker's Mill Winery. They're doing the string art. That's December 4th at 1 p.m., uh, Maringo, the Christmas in Maringo uh, celebration and parade. That's the third annual celebration with activities held at the old firehouse across from the United Methodist Church, and it ends with a parade and tree lighting. Um, Christmas in Cardington at Cardington Legion Park, December 9th. That is a Thursday night, and that starts at 5 p.m. And a walk to a walk through Bethlehem starts uh, December the 11th at 5 p.m. Uh, and also goes on Sunday, uh, the, the Sunday December 12th at 8 p.m. And it runs in the evenings. Uh, and on Sunday afternoon, there will be a um, a uh, sensory special uh, walk through there. Uh, it's going to take you back through the uh, town of Bethlehem when uh, jo- Mary and Joseph came through and uh, birthed uh, Jesus in the manger. And let me let me say on that. I- think they're still needing a few male participants for that. Uh, I believe so. Uh, there's there's lots of uh, roles for that, and I did see some of the costumes that they posted online, and that looked really, really cool. Um, moving on to ag, uh, to the Extension Office, OSU Extension Office. They're doing a Christmas wreath uh, decorate and take. $35 fee on December 6th at 6 p.m. and December 7th at 6 p.m. at the Extension Office in the Ag Credit Building. Get to make a cool wreath. And then uh, Christmas with Ken and Friends, Friday, December 10th at 7 p.m., Trinity United Methodist Church. It's free will donation, and the proceeds are going to help their Sunday school class adopt uh, foster children for Christmas. So that is a very worth, uh, worthy cause for you to go out. And it's, I mean, it's music, it's in the sanctuary. Very talented uh, individual, too. We we kid him a lot, but he's a very talented man. Well, yeah. I mean, come on. If you are friends with Ken, I mean, that is, if he makes fun of you, you know that he likes you. So that He is, must really love me, then. <laughs> well, somebody does. All right. So, um, well, Mike, we have a special guest with us today. Yeah, I hear that you have some connection with this person. I may or may not have a connection with this person. <laughs> So we're going to welcome to the phone, joining us by phone, Angela Powell, the director of the Morrow County Chamber of Commerce. Hello. Hello, Angela. Hey. Hello, uh, for, oh, go ahead. Well, I, uh, how long have you been doing this job now? You just started recently. Yes, I've been at it for about two and a half months now. Two and a half months. 
Well, um, would you like to uh, let us know what some of your duties are? What exactly does the uh, director do? All right. Well, the director does a lot, actually, but some of my things that I've been doing is planning events um, where chamber members can network together, um, also a community service project, and my um, biggest event that I'm planning right now is the Morrow County Chamber of Commerce Christmas Parade. Yes. Um, yeah, December 3rd in downtown Mount Gilead, going all the way from the fairgrounds uh, down to Park Ave. Uh, we've got 38 parade applicants right now. Oh, wow. And we are still, yes, we are still accepting more. We're hoping that this year the parade will be huge, uh, just since we didn't have anything last year. And I really think this would be good for our community to have a really big turnout for the parade. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be an exciting night. We've uh, got activities starting at 5 o'clock. Um, the parade kicks off at 7, so there's lots to do downtown. Different vendors are setting up. We are going to have hot dogs, hot chocolate. Uh, there's crafts. The library's doing crafts for kids. Um, I believe there the, will be carolers as well, right? Yes, there will be carolers from 5 to 7 roaming around. Um, popcorn. And our friend uh, of the show, uh, Jamie Brucker, Mayor Brucker, is going to be doing a special uh, tree lighting ceremony too, I believe, right, Ange? And that'll be what time? Yes, the tree lighting ceremony begins at 6.30. Um, so, yes, Mayor Jamie Brucker will be giving a little speech about the history of the tree lighting, and he'll be leading us in some Christmas carols. Oh, wow. I yes, never heard, never heard Jamie sing. So that <laughs> He sings solo. Solo, Solo, you can't, can't hear, hear it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, also, the uh, Morrow County History Center at 17 uh, West High will be uh, open from 5 to 8. And if the weather's kind of inclement, you're welcome to come in and watch the parade through the big windows. Well, and it's I, I we had to do that uh, one year, and it was very nice to come in and get out of the cold a little bit. Um, so... Uh, Angela, what else? Uh, what else does the chamber? You know, what does the chamber do? What uh, What are you currently working on uh, to build the chamber or to build up um, the group or the county? You know, tell us what's going on. Um, so, like I said earlier, I'm really about connecting all of the local businesses in Morrow County with each other and with the community. Um, we're also here to give back to the community. Um, I'm really excited about this. Our community service project for Christmas um, is adopting the veterans home in Sandusky. So we're going to be setting out bins soon to collect items to send um, to the veterans home, not only for things that they need, but also Christmas gifts for the veterans. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'm here to support local businesses. Um, so things that they might need as far as maybe information on government regulations relating to business or how to get certain discounts, such as insurance discounts. I'm here for all of that. Uh, so Mike, I can tell you, she's been rather busy in this. And she's been doing a super job from what I, I mean, being a part of the Morrow County Historical Society, she is, uh, really helped us connect and has done a, uh, I think she's doing a super job. I do want to ask you about, is it Dinovember? Yes, this month was Dinovember. 
Um, and we had a photo contest uh, to see what the dinosaurs were up to around all of the local businesses. So at our recent Lunch and Learn last this past Tuesday, it was announced that Pillar Credit Union won the Dinovember photo contest, and they earned a $25 gift card to Eight Sisters Bakery. Oh, awesome. I think it was rigged. <laughs> well, Pillar is certainly a, uh, a big contribution to our community, and I know from their work over in Marion that they they love their community and do what they can um, for the for the local folks. So, um, welcome to Morrow County. Well, and they built a beautiful building. Well, they did very nice building uh, on that yeah. side of town there. Um, so, Ange, I know. Uh, that you created something or started something. I don't know if it was there previously and had fallen off, but you started something recently called Chamber Chat. Talk about I that. did, yes. So uh, Chamber Chat is something they used to do, although I believe they called it um, Coffee and Conversation with the Chamber. I just call it Chamber Chat. So basically, anyone who wants to come talk to me about the Chamber um, or anything going on in the community, business related, that sort of thing. They can come chat with me in a nice, relaxed setting. We have coffee. Um, so in November, we did that at Sames and Cook and had um, special guest, Mayor Jamie Brecker. He came and talked about things going on in Mount Gilead um, and updated everyone on that. We had some good conversation there. Um, this month, or well, sorry, not this month, December will be December 6th at 7.30 a.m. at Century 21. And again, we're just available for you to come chat with us about any needs or any concerns, questions you have about the chamber. But also, uh, realtor Chris Conant, he's the owner of Century 21 Gold Standard, he is um, going to be there to discuss real estate, real estate trends um, and how they can affect you. So, And he'll have coffee there for everyone too so even if you just want to come grab a cup of coffee you can join us well um i i heard good things about the uh november chamber chat with mayor brucker tell us a little bit about the december lunch and learn on the 21st what are we going to learn about um so the december lunch and learn is actually a little bit different than the rest of them uh, there is no official presentation or anything. Like I said, it's a community service project. We're adopting the Veterans Home in Sandusky, so we'll be putting all of those items together and just sort of having good fellowship um, and and celebrating the holiday season. Awesome. Now, coming up in January, so I know this is a little bit further away, um, we have our annual Business Connections Breakfast. Um, so this is going to be very exciting for me personally, not just because it's my first one, um, but the the Business Connections Breakfast always has an inspirational speaker. So I am very excited to announce that my brother, who just recently published his first book, will be our inspirational speaker for our annual breakfast. Oh, I didn't even know that. Wow. Well, now you know. Well, that sounds... Uh... That'll be good. Yeah. And don't you have something going on November 30th at Flying Horse Farm? Um, so that's not technically a chamber event, but our one of our newest chamber members is Finley Entertainment. Um, and that's Steve Finley. You might know him as the guy who owns the, um, the heating and cooling place 
on 61 heading out of town. Um, he's actually putting on a huge concert right here in Morrow County this summer, July 1st and 2nd. Um, it's going to be big. There's 8,000 spectators for this. So this is really great for our community. And it's a great way to give back to our community and also bring in tourism. So if any of you would like to volunteer or get involved in any way, he is hosting a community-wide meeting for anyone who would like to get involved. So if you're a food vendor, you have a food truck or anything like that, equipment rentals, um, we're hoping to get like the police there and the fire department um, just to get everyone on the same page um, about setting up this concert. The biggest thing he needs is volunteers. So, you know, if you're interested in volunteering at all, that would be a good place to come. And he'll have all the information for you. Um, I know a lot of people have heard of Freedom Fest, but he'll have some good specific information for you. He's got Justin Moore and Crowder confirmed. And then he's working on getting some other bands too. So it's going to be a big concert. So Crowder, um, I believe, is a um, Christian, Christian artist. Christian artist. Um, yes. A big name. So fri- yes. So Friday, July 1st, is going to be a Christian concert. And then um, fr- or Saturday, July 2nd, will be a country concert. Yeah. So Justin Moore, just to make sure everyone knows, um, he is a country singer um, who is actually, uh, he's come along uh, a lot uh, recently. Um, he had um, a number one album debut, and it features, you know, his, his chart topper is You Look Like I Need a Drink, uh, and somebody else will. So he had two number ones there. Um, and, I mean, he's already got one gold certified record, um, and he's only been in the... Um, music area for about 10 years or so. So um, lots of uh, pretty cool songs, and um, I, I, it's going to be great um, to think about, Mike. Can you imagine 8,000 people <laughs> at the fairgrounds? Yeah, there's going to be a lot sitting there on the hill, I'm, I presume. So that's awesome. So, uh, Angela, is there anything else uh, before we wrap up um, with you today? I think that's all that the chamber's up to from – now until the end of the year so once the new year comes around we're also going to be bringing back business after hours which is another great way for um local businesses to just go out and visit other businesses and interact with one another tell each other you know what you do what services you offer right here in morrow county i think a lot of Community members here think they have to go outside of the county in order to get certain services, but we actually have a lot right here. Yeah, um, we have tons of cool people around. Oh, we do. Um, we talk about a lot of them that are no longer here, but, you know, came from here. So Right. All right, Ange. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, well, thank you for having me. Keep up the good work out there. We really appreciate what you're doing. I'm trying. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, you take care, and uh, I'll see you after a bit. But, uh, yeah, like Mike said, keep up the good work. All righty. Thanks again. Take care. Bye-bye. 
All right. So I can tell you, Mike, she has been working a lot uh, trying to uh, build the chamber up and, and, you know, really, you know, take it. And um, there have been several new members joined since she, uh, since she joined the, the, uh, the chamber there about two and a half months ago. So mm-hmm. lots of fun stuff there. Um, I think I might have missed something when I uh, was walking through or talking about some of those other things, but I um, cannot remember what it was now because I didn't write it down. I'm at that point where I got to start writing it down. Um, but I wa- did want to share. So we got an opportunity to share our 2022 season over the weekend. With, Mara Little Theater? With Mara Little Theater, yeah. So we held our uh, Christmas in the Village. Um, so this is Sunday afternoon. We held it Friday and Saturday night. And uh, I'm going to share with you now what we're going to do next year. All right. So in February, and I believe it's the 11th and 12th, and the location will be announced sometime soon, we're going to do a Valentine's dinner murder, not murder mystery, a Valentine's dinner mystery uh, theater. It's going to be really cool. Um, this is going to be different than anything that you've most people have been around before. So it's directed by Emily Levings. And it is called The Mystery Club, and there are two cases that they're going to talk about. Now, the fun thing is, all of the actors are kids. Oh, wow. Yeah, so all the actors are kids. Uh, Case one is The Missing Camera, and case two is The Milk Monster. Okay. So it's going to be kind of a unique thing. Um, We've definitely never done anything like this. Um, We've done a couple dinner uh, shows before in the past, but nothing, you know, like this. So it's going to be fun. So that's going to be in uh, February, and then we're going to turn right around in March, and we just talked to the director for this show. Angela Powell is going to make her directing debut uh, this March. Okay. So she's going to direct the Sweet Delilah Swim Club, and that's going to be in March, and that show is about five women um, who are friends, and you get to see them... um, Basically, the show spans their life. It kind of gives you um, a feel of uh, Steel Magnolias okay. in a way, um, but it takes you through their friendship and um, through loss um, and basically, you know, really some life events, um, which it's, it's a really cool show. And I, um, I saw that as my mother-in-law was in that um, a couple years ago uh, up in Bucyrus. And then our big summer musical, we are finally... And I'm I'm praying I'm not messing this up now. We're finally going to do Susical the Musical. So it has been roughly, I want to say, 10 years since we've done Susical in the county. Uh, but imagine throwing all of Dr. Seuss's books together into a musical. <laughs> Basically, that's what it is. Um, there is definitely a Horton Hears a Who and all that fun stuff. That's going to be directed by Scott Persinger. And uh, some people might notice, uh, know him. Uh, he's directed at the Star Theater. In Upper Sandusky, he has dropped. Uh, ado- I'm sorry, directed at the Palace. He's directed some things over in Marion. He's directed at uh, Marion OSU, um, and he's also one of our board members. Uh, so we're excited to do that show, and that's going to be fun because uh, kids are gonna. We're going to be pulling them in um, before the show starts, and we're going to start building some of the props and things. So oh, okay. they're, so we're going to teach them Wonderful. along the way. We're going to teach them a lot of the fun stuff and, and build some of the things. And it'll actually help us out when we get to the end. We won't have to quickly throw all the props together. We'll have them at the beginning. And that's something you don't always get in productions is you usually don't get all of your props until Wednesday before you open, <laughs> yeah. if you're lucky. So 
um, that is going to be in July, and that um, is going to be a, a great musical. And then we're going to do another Christmas show. So we are now in November of 2022, and we're going to do Elf Jr., the musical. So if you remember seeing Elf mm-hmm. with uh, Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. same premise. Okay. Same premise, but it's a junior version, which means everyone in the cast has to be 18 or younger. Okay, so I guess I don't qualify. Not even a close. Okay. <laughs> and that's going to be directed by uh, Randy Mann, former okay. choir director at uh, Mount Gilead Schools for years. Years and years. And uh, I just wanted to call out, Mike, um, we celebrated something over the weekend, also at, at Mar Little Theater. Um, I shared at the event that we are doing the microphone campaign, and I have talked on air about this. And um, we officially hit 12 over the weekend. 12 microphones are fully paid for. Okay. And your goal is 24? 24. So okay. we're halfway there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, the 12th microphone actually is being named after Rosemary Brown. Okay. And um, the board, the MLT board decided that um, because she was one of our earliest supporters, mm-hmm. uh, both being there and some you know financial benefit there, um, we decided we were going to honor her by naming a microphone after her. Oh, wow. So we bought one in her name and her memory there. And um, we, and I joked and talked about her contagious laugh. So I don't know if you ever heard her laugh, but you would recognize that laugh anywhere you could go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went and looked through some old videos of some things that we had. I tried to find her laugh because it is just so <laughs> contagious. And I didn't have anything that I could find, but we are officially at 12 microphones. And then we also celebrated um, the life of one of our uh, founding members that we lost this year, Mike Barnett. Okay. Um, And we played a song that he actually wrote um, uh, for our very first Christmas show in 2010. And he wrote, it was called uh, Christmas 1965. And it was basically his point of view of Christmas in 1965. And he talks about um, what, you know, what's under the Christmas tree for mm-hmm. me. He talks about all of his siblings and what they got. Right. And then he talks about his at the end. And it's just, it tugged at the heartstrings. His, um, his widow was there and um, she, it was very nice that we were able to honor him a little bit. And um, I'm so happy that somebody recorded that and we were able to play it um, because it was really uh, a good a good song. And we had, um, Luane Campbell on and she did a nice, um, she called, it was called uh, hymns of Christmas. So it was a, a variety and she played the flute. So do you know what a flute player is called? A flautist? It is a flautist. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, but yeah, not everybody knows that. So that's a pop quiz question for Jeopardy in case anyone needs it. Um, we had, um, uh, Jamie Zeger, uh, was on stage. We had, um, trying to think of who else off the top of my head we had several kids there were uh, about eight kids that were in there um we had brumbly the elf he did this really cool little um basically like a a drill sergeant and getting you know everybody pepped up for the christmas spirit and, and walking them through an orientation and that was super fun um and we had uh lindsay um Lindsay Warner on, and she did Santa Baby with Wayne All. Okay. And that's a cool little song as well. <laughs> I can see Wayne doing that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he had a bag, and he pulled out, like, a, a fur coat when she, mm-hmm. you know, 
And then uh, when she asked for the convertible, he pulled out a little Barbie car (laughs) (laughs) and it was pink, of course. And she's like, no, I don't want that. Um, So it was a good, it was a really good show, really good time. And uh, it was sold out both performances and uh, it went very well. So I was very happy um, that, you know, we were able to do a Christmas show this year um, and and start everybody out on a good note for the holiday season. Um, So what do you have? Do you have anything that you want to share for the current events piece? Uh, the uh, This coming Sunday will be the last Sunday for the uh, History Center to be open for this season on the, uh, I believe it's 28th. And that's normal hours, right? This is right. the last two to four. Hours. Yes. We will be open for the uh, Christmas event on December 3rd from 5 to 8 in the evening. But uh, we have the Mastodon bones that were found over around Marengo, or not Marengo, um, Chesterville. Uh, on display, and um, a Christmas display down there is really, really cool. I do want to add, too, on December 3rd for the Christmas parade, uh, the Cross House, which is a historic house right across from Napa over on Marion Street, will be open as well and decorated for Christmas. Oh, I have never been in there. Well, there you go. I Yeah, I'm going to be super busy that night. I probably will not get in there, um, but we're going to have a float for MLT and um, I'll probably doing anything else that Angela tells me to do, <laughs> you know, being the good husband. So um, I missed one thing, and this is what I wanted to share is it's called Lush and Plush Snowman. Okay. It's at Bunker's Mill Winery, and it looks like to me that you actually get to put together a – it looks like it's knitted, um, but it's a snowman. So come and join us at the winery to make these adorable snowmen just in time for the holiday season. season. Each guest will uh, will leave with a unique snowman topped with his own hat and scarf. All yarn and patterns and material are, mater- um, are material of lush and plush. And I guarantee to provide the thickest, most durable yarn in central Ohio so your snowman can last for seasons to come. Grab a friend and grab your favorite beverages and snacks for a class that is always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's $65 a ticket. But you get that actual lush and plush snowman, and I mean, it looks really like fuzzy and and fluffy. So that's I think will that would be a fun event, and yeah, they're they're doing a lot of fun stuff down there. And they just did um, uh, a talk with Wayne or not Wayne, Mark Twain. Okay, <laughs> with Mark Twain, and uh, I heard that went very well as well. So. Anything else? Anything going on with the historical society other than you guys are ready to ramp down for the season? And right now, I believe that's about it. Okay. All right, Mike. So with that, do we know what time it is? It's flashback time. It is flashback time. It is time to flashback. All right, where are we? What are we doing? Well, I want to talk uh, next few weeks about some of uh, the founding of some of the townships in Morrow County. Do you know how many townships there are in Morrow County? Uh, I wanted to guess 12. Uh, 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 uh. It's more. Yes. Really? Yes. Uh, 18? 17? 16? 16. 16. 16. Thanks for letting me cheat on that. (laughs) (laughs) 16 townships in Morrow County. Okay. And... um, I'm going to be talking about the Cardington Township that was settled after the Greenville Treaty. And this is coming from the uh, uh, threads of time that was put out by the uh, Morrow County Sentinel back in, I believe it was 1998. So 
Here goes. Now, there's no author on this, so I'm not sure who wrote it, but uh, uh, the Cardington Township. Cardington Township is located at the western edge of Morrow County, bordered on the north by Canaan and on the south by Westfield and Lincoln, on the east by Gilead and Lincoln, and on the west by Marion County. It covers an area about 25 miles square and contains approximately 23 square miles of territory. The Northwest Ordinance attracted settlers to the area, and in 1795, the Indians had relinquished their land south of the Greenville Treaty Line. However, it was not until the Treaty of October 1818 that the last Indian claim to the land was relinquished and settlers could acquire land for permanent residence north of the Greenville Treaty Line. This line runs across the southern part of the township and through the village. Cardington, the only village, is located in the southeast corner, uh, making most of the township lie north and west of town. Much of the township is rural farming area that now contains about 300 homes, which from this writing, there's probably more homes that now, now I would guess. The Delaware-Mansfield Road was blazed through the land and mar- uh, mail carried by horseback as early as 1815. The first settlers were Quakers of the Society of Friends, and the township was organized in 1823. It was originally called Morvan until 1850, when through efforts of Thomas Sharp, a resident of the township since 1824, the name was changed to Cardington to correspond with the name of the post office in the village. Excuse me. Early settlers found the land covered with a dense growth of forest described in those early years as heavy beach timberland. The forests are gone now, and it is rare to find a beech tree, except for a few wooded acres on some farms. Practically all the land is under cultivation. While the roots are firmly planted in agriculture, the majority of residents commutes nearby towns to other jobs. Some are part-time farmers, and the full-time farmers are farming more acres. Whetstone Creek enters the township on the eastern edge, passes through the village, and then goes on south. Two streams, Big Run and Shaw Creek, enter in the northern part of the township, run about a mile apart uh, southwest through the central part to where they join. Except for a few families at the northern edge of the township, most of the residents are served by the Cardington Post Office and live in the Cardington-Lincoln School District. The first school was built in the fall of 1823 in the Quaker settlement at the east edge of the township. It was constructed of logs and served as both school and church. This building was located on US 42, northeast of the village in the vicinity where later the frame one-room school called Number 6 stood. This school was in use longer than any of the others in the township. It was closed about uh, 1936 the last of the one-room schools in Cardington Township. As the need arose, others had been built until there were seven in the rural township. Number one was located about two miles southwest of town on what is now US-42. Number two, Hardscrabble, was north of town at the road intersection near Longs Lake. Locust Corner School was was at the uh, northwest corner of the intersection of County Road 28 and 136. The Greenwood School was west of town on Road 138, a short distance north of Road 11. The Bethel School in the north part of the township was on the southwest corner 
of Road 66 and 136. The Weston School was three miles northwest of the village on Marion Road. Now, uh, State Route 529. These one-room schools were in use for about 100 years and gra- uh, gradually closed as transportation improved. Added enrollment in the village made a need for a new school building, which was built there in 1924. The students from the rural areas were transported by horse-drawn school wagons, painted orange. They were a forerunner of the modern school buses that are now used. The last kid wagon was driven in 1933 to bring in the students who were still living in the mud roads in the township. In 1926, the Cardington School consolidated with the Fulton School District in Lincoln Township to form the present school district called Cardington-Lincoln. There were two early rural churches. The Bethel Church was located on Road 28, about two miles north of State Route 529. The first Methodist services in the Bethel community were held in 1835 in the log cabin across Shaw Creek, just north of the later permanent location of the church. A framed church built in 1856 was in use for a decade prior to construction of the Brick Church, which was built in 1876 and used for nearly a century. For many years, it was on the charge of the Methodist Church in Cardington. Because of declining membership, the congregation disbanded in 1969. The last service was held on June 5th of that year. The building was later raised, and a residence has been built on the site. The Bethel Cemetery nearby is the largest of the four rural cemeteries and is well-kept and still in use. The Western Church, located three miles northwest of Cardington on what is now State Route 529, was founded by the Society of Friends very early in the settling of the township, as is indicated by the dates on the burials in the Western Western Cemetery there. The Society of Friends was long noted for its anti-slavery principles, and the fugitive slaves found warm friends among the Quakers. Folklore tells of the Underground Railroad activities in the neighborhood. Joseph Morris was a well-known activist in the abolition movement. His home was a station located just across the line into Marion County. An early settler, he was active in the Western Church and community, which was at the western edge of Cardington Township. Besides Bethel and Weston, there are two other small cemeteries in the township, both no longer in use. Purvis is located at the north edge on Road 132, and Woodlawn, which is about a mile from the village on State Route 529. It is written in an early history that the first death in the village was that of David G., son of Isaac Bunker. In September 1824, and who was the first one buried in the cemetery on Marion Road? Isaac Bunker was one of the founders of the township and village. Many of the descendants of those early pioneers who settled here when the township was first being developed are still living within its boundaries and are some of the present-day citizens. So there's a little bit about the Cardington Township being settled. Of course, it was uh, settled long before 1848 when Morrow County became a county. Wow. You find some really interesting articles. Oh, I do. Um, That's... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's pretty cool. I like hearing the history, and I'm glad that uh, we're able to bring that out to people. I did get a chance to talk to a few people 
um, who listened to Marology. You did? I did. Um, one person I did not know, but she recognized the voice, I think. Oh, really? Yes. Um, she said she loved it, that you know, she enjoyed um, the podcast, and I um, talked to another person, and he said that he is a, maybe an episode or two behind, but that he uh, also enjoys the podcast. So, Good to hear. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, so we're back. Back from the transfer, back in time. <clears throat> yes, we took that DeLorean, <laughs> and we're back in the future. We, we got to 55 mile an hour. It was 55, right? I was like 75, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking 55, but yeah, you're right. Out. No, I think you're right. Um, all right, so Mike, Thanksgiving is this week. And I'm going to share another recipe with you. Okay. It's called Aunt Gail's Italian Sausage and Apple Lower Carb Stuffing. Ooh, okay. This is delicious. We've made it, and we made it in an iron skillet. Oh, let me just tell you. Phenomenal. All right, so um, if you're interested in finding any of the... um, Recipes that I've shared so far or that I will continue to share, go to bariatriceating.com. That's B-A-R-I-A-T-R-I-C-E-A-T-I-N-G.com. Bariatric eating. Um, So this is going to be the Aunt Gail stuffing. You need one pound of sweet Italian sausage from an Italian store is best, of course, but you can use um, a Jimmy Dean or... Um, something else um, from your grocer, um, but uh, it needs to be lean. Um, you need two cups of sliced celery, so that's about five stalks. Um, use the um, and you're going to use the tender heart pieces as well as the leaves. In this. Okay. You're, so basically, there's hardly any waste for the, that vegetable. Um, you need two cups of diced sweet onion, and they need to be about medium sized or one large one. Uh, we found actually worked out very well. And here's the nice one. Two cups of diced Granny Smith apples. So those are the, those I think are more like tart. Yes, I think uh, they are. When they're, you cook they're a those, better cooking or baking yeah. apple, yes. Uh, and they, they really, the sugars really break down and they get real sweet uh, because they're tart. So um, you need about two or three of those, two large ones, three small ones. You're going to peel those and dice them. You need two tablespoons of butter. Two tablespoons of olive oil, one tablespoon of garlic powder, two teaspoons of sea salt, one teaspoon of black pepper, two tablespoons of Bell's seasoning. Do you know what Bell's seasoning is? I've heard of it. So it is in a little yellow cardboard box with a turkey on the front. It may not be cardboard. It may be uh, a metal tin, um, but sometimes you can find it in that, Um, and it's it's actually pretty cool, uh, pretty good. You need two cups of Pepperidge Farm stuffing cubes or cornbread stuffing. You do not need the whole package, but you need two cups. Um, and then you need Swanson's Natural or any natural um, chicken broth, um, preferably like a lower sodium. Okay. You know, because you're also, you've got sea salt in this already. Um, so you can use a low sodium, a sodium we did uh, when we made it. And then you need a half a cup Chopped Italian flat leaf parsley. I did not do this with um, fresh parsley. I actually just used dried parsley, and it did the same thing. So you're going to brown your sausage in a large skillet. We did this right in 
the iron skillet. You're going to add the celery, onions, apples, butter, olive oil, and you're going to mix it all. And you're going to cook it over medium heat and cook it down um, until the onions are softened and translucent. So once you can start to see through those, that's when you know that you're ready to add the garlic powder, the salt, pepper, and the bell seasoning. You're going to mix all that up, continue to cook it a little bit. Then you're going to place the bread, cr- bread, bread crumbs into a large bowl. Add the sautéed vegetable and sausage mixture. Add the the parsley, uh, whatever you're, however you're going to do that, and you're going to mix it. And this is you can do with your hands. So you can do it with your hands, or you can do it with a spoon. Whatever you want to do, um, you're going to mix it all together, and you're going to combine it with the chicken broth. Then at that point, um, that you need to get it, it's going to be really moist, and you're going to be surprised at how much chicken broth you're going to use because that bread is really going to soak that up. And you want it that way because you don't want a dry stuffing. Nothing is worse than dry stuffing, right? Um, and the nice thing is is that you can actually um, utilize um, turkey sausage too if you wanted to, if you didn't want to have a, a pork sausage. Um, let's see here. You don't want to put this into a turkey to cook it. You want to uh, cook it outside of a turkey. This is not one because of the other meat that you want to put into um a turkey to cook. Okay. So you're going to want to cook it outside. Um, you're going to put it into a pan. Um, like I said, we cooked it inside of the iron skillet, so we didn't have to do any of that. I did add a little extra butter to the pan to make sure when we were frying everything that we had a good oil base so that it would not stick to the pan. Um, and then you butter the foil on top so that it doesn't stick and bake to that. You're going to put it in the oven for three on 350 for 30 minutes covered, and then you're going to take um, the aluminum foil off for 20 minutes in the oven additionally, and that's, again, at 350. Um, and then you're going to pull it out, get a spoon, and put some on a plate to eat it. It's so simple. It, like That sounded like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It isn't. But where do you find that recipe again? Because I'm sure nobody actually wrote that down. Yeah, going through it's it. called bariatriceating.com. And when you click on it, um, you're going to see they sell all kinds of stuff. I do not get any uh, kickback of if you buy anything. I don't get anything like that. Um, after having bariatric surgery almost five years ago, uh, I found this website to be very helpful. Um, they have lots of sugar-free desserts. I had somebody reach out last week wanting to know more about the chocolate pie that I shared oh, last great. week. Yeah. Um, this is you know this is another good one since we're having. Um, having thanksgiving this week and uh, mike i got my turkey out it's in the fridge thawing and uh, i'm gonna spatchcock it do you know what that means i'm not sure so that's where you take and you cut along the breastbone the center of the breastbone and then you break the back okay and you flatten the bird out oh and i'm gonna smoke the bird okay so we're gonna um i'm gonna inject it with a nice garlic uh, butter uh, concoction mm-hmm. and then i'm going to uh, smoke it in the smoker oh wow uh, before we go and have dinner with the family um so i actually get to enjoy a thursday and saturday so i get a day of uh of rest in between um on that but uh yeah the you know, smoking a turkey there's just something about smoking a turkey and frying a turkey um that i enjoy oh, over yeah, I over do. an oven turkey yes i do too um i think they just add more flavor um, and have you ever deep fried a ham? 
No, I don't know if I've have had uh, deep fried ham. It it's it's really good. Um, I would recommend that. But again, folks, go to bariatriceating.com and click on recipes. And uh, you can click on all recipes. They actually have a section right now that says Thanksgiving bariatric friendly recipes for the the whole family will love. Uh, They have recipes for cranberry sauce, pumpkin cheesecake that is sugar free. Um, Here, apple filled um, crepes. Um, They have an actual meal that you can create for two. Um, They have uh, a pumpkin whip that is uh, looks like it's sugar free. Um, a pumpkin custard that's sugar-free, cranberry sauce that's sugar-free, um, ooh, an old-fashioned sugar, uh, no-sugar apple pie. Look at that. Does that not look good? Oh, that looks delicious. So that's the stuffing right there. Yeah, hold that up to the microphone so the people can see it. I mean, look at that. Mm-hmm. And then they have a homemade applesauce, a cinnamon applesauce that you can do, um, pink pickled eggs. Um, they have Parmesan cream spinach. They've got tons and tons of recipes uh, and I've I've tried a lot. I've not tried all of them, um, but they're very good. They have um, they have a, here's a pumpkin roll with vanilla cream frosting that is sugar free. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, they have all kinds of fun stuff that uh, you know is um, for diabetics or for those that have had bariatric surgery that uh, sugar can cause issues with. Um, they actually have a lot of good recipes. Here's one for cranberry cheesecake. Uh, caramel pecan sweet potato pie. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's sugar-free pumpkin whoopie pies. Jeez, um, I am making myself really hungry here looking at this. And then, you know, everyone has leftovers, right? Guess what? Waldorf turkey salad using Thanksgiving leftovers. Oh, that sounds good. Yes, and of course, you know, chicken salad and turkey salad. Mike, do grapes belong in chicken or turkey salad? Yeah, I'd have to try it to give you an answer on that. I don't have know. Have you ever had the chicken salad with grapes in it, though? I can't remember if I have. You know, I think it's this. <laughs> I've seen a lot of discussion about this. Almost like, uh, does pineapple belong on pizza or not? Yeah. Um, and I got to tell you, um, when I worked at Purple Indian, pineapple, ham, and bacon. Oh, delicious pizza. Delicious pizza. All right, folks, um, I think that that is it. Unless, Mike, do you have anything else? I have a question to ask you. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll leave it with this. First of all, I'd like to say remember to be uh, to give thanks for the things that we have. We have a wonderful country here with uh, a lot of blessings, and we need to remember that, not just on Thanksgiving, but all throughout the year. But I have a question to ask you. Okay. What did one traffic light say to the other? Oh, geez, I don't even know. Stop looking. I'm changing. Oh, Oh, that's, um, wow. Okay. All right, folks. That was enlightening. Uh, Mike and I want to wish you all a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Get together with your family and friends and uh, enjoy the holidays. And until next time, we'll see you then. Sure.